Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Right here in Cincinnati. Welcome to glorious Cincinnati, Queen of Ohio's Alpine Ski Resorts. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I Cincinnati, the best town in Ohio, USA. At first they called it Cincy, but since Cincy is so natty, they named it Cincinnati, so they say. Hey, the girls are pretty, pretty in this gritty little city. Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast. I'm your host, Coop, and today we're going to talk some Reds baseball with you. My guest tonight from Reds Minor Leagues and Red Leg Nation, Doug Gray. Doug, how are you doing tonight? Um, well, I mean, honestly, there's no baseball on tonight, so I'm kind of having withdrawals. Uh, we're recording this on Monday night, and uh, that's just the, it's the off day between the League Championship Series and the World Series. And I mean, I, I really need my baseball right now, but other than that, I'm doing well. But my TV is completely blank right now for the first time in like three weeks with no baseball, and I don't like it. Yeah, the only thing I've found is that the Cowboys are getting absolutely whooped by the Arizona Cardinals right now. And yeah. Andy Dalton doing his usual thing for the Cowboys instead of the Bengals. But anyway. He's uh, a fan, Andy Dalton. I, I, I get, I get, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Oh, they might they might get a field goal here and, and to get within 18. But anyway. <laughs> some rough rough news happened since the last time we recorded uh joe morgan one of the one of the big red machine and one of the greatest players in red's history passed away and i'd be remiss to say if i didn't say that obviously i'm a little too young to have seen him play in his prime i really wish i could have but he was such an amazing player, a good person, and a, just a fantastic ambassador for the sport. Doug, what are your thoughts on Joe Morgan? Well, I mean, you 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 put that very succinctly, and I, I agree with everything that you said. Um, you know, I I don't think that he's the most underrated player of all time. I, I really think about like Ricky Henderson, but I think that Joe Morgan is in that conversation. I. Th- think that he does not get appreciated i mean even in cincinnati for as good as he was because i I think that it's it's twofold one he played on a great team with other great players i mean you know catcher of all time uh, as much as i can't stand pete rose pete Mm -hmm. rose was a great player and joe morgan was i mean i think they all kind of took a little bit of that limelight from the other ones because of how good all of them were. Um, and then, you know, I, I think that also the era that he played in, they didn't really appreciate as much 
as they should have, and you know we've come to appreciate this a lot more as we've learned more, more about it. Um, you know how he was and how valuable he was because he did walk as much as he did. Um, you know we, we we have had a million debates in the past decade or so about Joey Votto and how much he walks and how valuable it is or isn't. Um, but you know we've really come to understand that getting on base is a lot more than just how many hits you had per at bat. Um, and I, th- I think that that was something that Joe Morgan excelled at so well during the time that he played. And it just wasn't appreciated the way that it would be today. I, I, so I think that it's a combination of both of those things that kind of leaves us not fully appreciating just how good Joe Morgan was. Um, and, you know, he's one of those guys, he, was, he probably wasn't the best at any one given thing. But he's probably better than 9 out of 10 players in the league at all of those things. He was just so well-rounded and so good at everything. It was just, you know, like you, I didn't get to see him play, but being able to look back on it, um, you can really appreciate just how good he was. I think that people sleep on just how good his 75 and 76 seasons were. Obviously, he won back-to-back MVPs and the Reds won back-to-back World Series, but... I, his on-base percentage in 1975, 466. That is almost <laughs> like you would look at that and think, well, that's got to be a typo. There's no way. He got on base almost half of his plate appearances over an entire season. And then in 76, he followed that has up. has a gold, gold glover. Yeah. Uh, 76, he followed <laughs> it up with, with just an on-base percentage of 444. I mean, that's just ridiculous. OPS plus of 187 in 1976. I mean, you're right. I don't know how yeah, he, he was, is. He was good. <laughs> I don't know how people sleep on just how good he was. And it's not like those were his only two good seasons. In 74, he had an OPS plus of 159. He had an OPS plus of 154 in 1973. On-base percentage of 427 in 1974. He averaged His average on-base percentage with the Reds in eight years was 415. I mean, yeah, I saw something on on Fangraphs. They had it was like the the it was like a seven year peak value, and Joe Morgan's seven year peak value was like the ninth best of all time. Just an unbelievable player, unbelievable. And <laughs> another thing people don't realize is he played twenty two years, and only eight of them were in Cincinnati. He was still good when he was with he was good when he was with Houston. He was still productive when he was with his his last year with the Giants he had a OPS plus of 136 at 38 playing 134 games I mean just a great player and I know some people of the younger generation here I am going to sound like a boomer well you are a boomer so it's okay (laughs) I mean I'm getting close (laughs) um but they only know him as the you know the play by or the the color commentator from Sunday night baseball with John Miller. And, you know, people didn't like him as a broadcaster that much, but who cares? I, a lot of, a lot of people aren't good broadcasters. Look at Tom Brenneman, but he was just such a good player and a good person. And I was just really, really sad when I saw the news that he passed and the tributes that have been coming in, uh, from his teammates and from around baseball. I hope if if there is fans at games next year, 
that the Reds, and I'm sure they would, they would do something more than just the statue of him out front to honor him. I, I just have a feeling that they're probably going to do that with all of the big red machine players when they pass. What do you think? I mean, you know, this was, was it two years ago? They had the, uh, the Frank Robinson patch that they wore all mm-hmm. year. I, I, I imagine it at the very least, they'll do something like that for Joe Morgan. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what they would do as far as acknowledging him and, and say a, a, a ceremony of some kind. Um, a lot of that could probably be done. Um, one, like you said, if there's going to be fans in the stands to, you know, what his family would like to be done, that may be something Correct. that they, yeah. you know, they, they, they either want or don't want for whatever given reason. Um, and so I, I don't want to speculate too much on that um but I, i'm sure that the reds are going to find a way to a- acknowledge what joe morgan meant to the franchise um both as a player and as a front office person um you know i think it was in 2011 he started working as a mm-hmm. an advisor to the uh to the front office and bob castellini doing various um scouting kind of things and you know limited teaching things um within the organization so yeah, just a just a major loss for Major League Baseball. I don't know how we transition out of that, but <laughs> we'll move on to the shakeup in the Reds front office. Uh, since we last recorded, which has been a couple weeks now, Dick Williams stepped down as the president of baseball operations to pursue other interests, whatever that means. And today, Nick Crawl was named the president of baseball operations and he will serve the dual role of being the general manager. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to skew right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not, he was not named the president of baseball operations. That, that title no longer exists in the organization. He's just the general manager now, but now that is the top baseball position in the front office. I see. So the Reds were very, <laughs> let, let me just say that someone with the Reds wanted to make that very clear. Um, at, at some point this afternoon because multiple uh, writers around, around the city uh, did go about saying that Crawl was the end of baseball operations, and he is not. So, so what you're saying is my sources yeah. lied to me. <laughs> my sources were Twitter. Um, <laughs> it was Twitter, I, and the, the writers were writing about it. Then, then, <laughs> then yes. yes. Fun, fun fact. Not everything on the Internet you read is true. Are you What? I know. I I was shocked to find this out last week. Are you saying chemtrails aren't real? No, I'm not saying that. No, they're not. But <laughs> neither are ghosts well, or aliens. It, but it, still, has anybody told Aaron Rodgers, or, or was is that not a joke anybody else gets? He was talking about chemtrails with the ESPN reporter the other day. Oh, I, I didn't realize anybody that. Else no, saw that. I didn't see that. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. He he, he didn't yeah, play very just, well yesterday. Ghosts, ghosts are definitely real aliens. I'm not sure about, but. But I, yeah, I mean, if Phil Razor is alive, then there's got to be aliens. Real. Yeah. Well, uh, Phil just tweeted at me like four minutes ago, so he's either alive or his, you know, farmhouse ghost that he's got is is tweeting for him. He's probably stuck in the snow. I saw that they got cut a little bit of snow. That's shout what, out Phil. Shout out to Phil. That's what you get for moving to Iowa. Um, but anyway, yeah. So <laughs> Nick Crawl then has assumed the responsibilities of. Dick Williams and will still be the general manager. So the way I read it was that he's going to report directly to Bob Castellini. I guess he reported to Dick before. Um, yes. Do you foresee any major changes 
with him assuming those responsibilities or is it going to be basically uh, just a continuation of what they've been doing? I mean, I, we had a, we had an interview with crawl this afternoon actually. And he, he kind of addressed that uh, pretty much. It's going to be mostly the same. Um, his responsibilities aren't going to be that different. Um, the, the main thing is that he said is that now it's going to be up to him to present the ideas that they have, have uh, to Bob Castellini directly, whereas before, you know, that was that was Dick's job. They'd all discuss what baseball moves they wanted to make, and then it was Dick Williams' job to take that to Bob Castellini and present it and say, hey, this is what we want to do, and this is why we want to do it, why we think this for us. Uh, now that's just going to be Nick's job. Um, and so that, you know, that really is the big difference that he spoke about today when uh, he was describing, you know, what he did in the past versus what he does now. Um, you know, there's going to be little tweaks here and there. Um, you know, some of the responsibilities are going to be moved around between various people in the front office um, just to kind of spread out a little bit of the work. But I mean, I think that realistically, the job that he's going to have as general manager now is kind of the same job that general managers had 15 years ago. Um, you know, it, it's only been about the last decade and a half when we've seen a lot of a quote unquote president of baseball operations that just kind of oversaw that the long-term goals of the organization. That was just kind of something that the general manager had always done in the past. Uh, but then, you know, as we started getting more able to front offices, you know, mostly analysis and things like that, um, you know, they, they, they started to try and spread out some of the responsibilities a little bit more because there was a lot more work than there used to be. Um, and, you know, front offices have a lot more people in them now, too. So you can you can kind of make the argument that, you know, they don't necessarily need that president of baseball operations because there are a lot more people within the front office now doing baseball things than there used to be when it was just the gym manager kind of running the show, so to speak. Yeah, I, I I kind of assumed that there would be a sort of a, a continuity of what's going on behind the scenes. I did see that he did say that all of the the uh, coaching staff is coming back next year, which was kind of hinted at. And I mean, I think that was pretty much assumed anyway. I know there were people wanting, you know, I mean, Dick Dick Williams actually had said that before he resigned. Okay, um, gave the. Uh, it, Day after the Reds were eliminated from the playoffs, Dick Williams had a a, a meeting with all the press, and he had, he had actually said the same thing. Uh, basically, he was like, you know, we haven't talked with Bob about anything yet, but from where we stand, we expect everybody to come back. All the baseball people were on board with that. Already. Yeah, and I know fan, some fans were all about firing Zenter, the pitching coach, because of the terrible showing in the playoffs. But, I mean, he's not the one holding the bat up there. He can only a pitching coach can only tell you so much, can only show you so much video. At some point, you have to produce. Pitting, pitting coach. Yeah, I mean, I mean, unless you said pitching coach twice. Oh, did I say pitching coach? Um, of course yeah. we got to yell. I'm not shout the smartest. Out Derek. Yeah, shout out to Jack Johnston. I'm not the smartest man in the world. <laughs> That's okay. Neither am I. That's fine. So yeah, um. Do you think that Nick Crawl would be more open to getting me a free red throwback hat than Dick Williams was? No. No, that's what I thought. No, I don't think so. No. Do, do you think the the staff at at Reds 
goes to the president of baseball operations used to, and then now the general manager to let them know about my hat needs. Yes. They do? Yeah, I thought so, yes, too. Yes, I think they do. And, and I, I think they just... Um, but, yes, I, I think they probably do go and ask at least once a week. I, probably. Um, this is probably why I need, need to be on those uh, those calls. You know when when the Reds have a call with like the with like Nick Crawl or the question. yeah, so I can ask him directly. You know, eliminate the middleman. I mean, I do have a fairly successful podcast listened to by tens of people, so I'm basically a media member. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Look, yeah. Just hear me out. <laughs> Back in the day when I was a a, a younger person, I. You know, I collected baseball cards, and I like players' autographs and stuff. And we used to write letters to the players and mail them to the stadium. If you tried writing a letter and mailing it to someone at Great American Ballpark who would get your letter and maybe take it a little bit more seriously because you put in a little bit more effort. Well, that was the thing I was going to say. That sounds an awful lot like effort. And it is I, a lot of effort. It, re- it requires actual effort. And it requires money because I'd have to. I'd have to purchase postage and you know the stationery and i have terrible handwriting could i type the letter and just print it out you could but and then sign it. it 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 would come off it would come off a little bit cheaty yes, but they'd um, be able to because read because for it. all they know you could you could, you could just well that's true <laughs> <laughs> also yeah. i have serial uh, killer handwriting <laughs> we're going to say have your wife write it for you that's true <laughs> That would be legible. Yeah. But yeah, if I wrote the letter, they would probably call the FBI. Like, there's a serial killer writing about a hat. What's going to happen if he doesn't get it? So I don't <laughs> want any of that. Because when you... who is this hat person? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, look at any documentary about a serial killer and look at their handwriting. That's mine. I mean, there's two different types of serial killer. I'm not to get off on a tangent here, but there's two different types of serial killer handwriting. There's the slashing, where like their letters are all like slashes, and then there's just the looks like a third grader wrote it. That's me. What about when they don't use their handwriting at all and they just cut out the letters from a magazine? Do you think that would go over better than me writing a letter? No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Do not do that one. <laughs> I mean. I'm willing to try though, and I'll just I'll just put you I'll cut out your name, and put it in there that my friend Doug Gray from RedsMinorLeagues.com and RedLegNation.com told me to write this write this letter this way. <laughs> you think that I think you think your name well, has pool that way? No, I don't. But if we're gonna publish this this podcast, at least I'll have receipts that I said don't do that. <laughs> wait, I should have waited until after this went live, huh? Damn. Yeah. Damn it. Oh well. Oh, well, it's okay. I'm pretty sure Skype saves these conversations, and I'll have I'll have that receipt. So <laughs> yeah, we're fine. you got the receipts just in just in case. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cut out letters. I don't get magazines. Do people buy magazines anymore? Yes. And I don't mean the nudie kind. I didn't know those still existed, but also yes. That's what I'm saying. All magazines seem like it's just a waste of print anymore. Everything's already like same thing. Well, let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Good. Good plan. Um, back to back to baseball. Back to baseball. I don't know if you know this, but there's going to be a World Series starting tomorrow night. I, I did know this. 
I'm very excited. The Tampa Bay Rays and the Los Angeles Dodgers. The uh, the Atlanta Braves last night blew a uh, was it a twenty eight to three lead? Oh no, that was the Falcons. They blew a three games to one lead to lose to the Dodgers. Funny funny story. Yes. Uh, teams that went up two in the league championship series before the Braves were 28-3 and all-time. And they blew it. Karma. it, it that, that, that's a real thing. <sighs> you know, I hear people that Atlanta sports are cursed. You don't. You people don't know. The Cincinnati sports are cursed. But, but anyway, the Rays almost blew a 3-0 lead. They let the... Um, the Dusty Baker led Houston. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, something, something. That was like a squirrel kind of thing where I my train of thought got. Anyway, yeah. So the Astros. It came, was a, it, it was it was a ghost that caught your eye. It was not going to admit it. I, I understand. Ghost slash, you know, play on the football game, but uh, so yeah, the Dusty Becker Becker Dusty Baker led Astros came back from three zero to tie it at three, but then Dusty Baker does what Dusty Baker does, which is lose a, a deciding playoff game. Shout to Dusty. It seemed like, and this was not a shot at Dusty. That was just a joke. A lot of people were happy that the Astros lost because of the whole, you know, cheating thing. Andy Dalton just threw an interception. But <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on that series? And then we'll talk about the Braves Dodgers. Then we'll get it on a preview. But to me, uh, the Rays holding off that challenge and winning that game was very popular across the country. What do you think? I, I think that for the most part, outside of some small portions of Texas, that everybody was rooting against Houston in that series. Well, and every series that they played all year. Um, eh, I get it. Nobody nobody likes cheaters. Nobody likes people that pretend that they didn't cheat. Um, you know, hearing, hearing Carlos Correa come out there and say that, you know, we're using this basically as like hate fuel. What do you, what do you say now? And, you know things like that. Yeah, that that just rubs people the wrong way. Sorry, I was muted. Yeah, um, a little bit of contrition would have been nice. And I it, think it would, have, it would have been. I mean, it, it's not like you know it, it's some big secret that there's not tons of evidence showing that yeah, it happened. But uh, uh, here we are. Yeah, you don't have to constantly play the villain. You could just say like, okay, we get it. People don't like us, but we're going to we're gonna go out and play and try to win anyway, which is, you know, people would be like, okay. Not like, oh, it's us against the world and everybody hate like like it like an unfair thing that people didn't like them. No, you all cheated and you got caught. Right, we it. didn't we didn't we didn't dislike you because your uniforms were ugly or something. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're not the pirates. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh I was going to say Brewers, but they have one like alternate uniform that's really nice, like the yellow and the blue. Anyway, so the Rays pitching, they've got guys in the bullpen that just hit triple digits like it's nothing. Fairbanks, he was a little sketchy last night, and uh, you know, they got Dylan Castillo or Diego Castillo, whatever his name is. <laughs> um, what do you think of their lineup? going forward, especially against the Dodgers pitching. I mean, in a short series, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, 
freaking Randy Rosarena might be the best player on the planet right now. And, I mean, four four months ago, everybody's like, who the heck's Randy Rosarena? I mean... Yeah, he came out it, of nowhere. It, 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 yeah, it's, it's not like he had a bad year this year, but he, he played in... Or he had 76 plate appearances in the regular season. Now, granted, to be fair, you know, he, he was on the COVID list and... Um, but, you know... <sighs> He's the hottest player on the planet right now, and he's on the Rays. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you just you, you never know how things are going to work out. I mean, I feel like the what's what's the record for batting average in a World Series? Seven fifty by who? It's not a Hall of Famer. Billy Hatcher. No, it's by Billy Hatcher. Weird. I mean, I don't want to say you know Billy Hatcher was a fine baseball player. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but nobody's confusing Billy Hatcher with say. I don't know, Mike Trout, Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols, you know, some of the greatest hitters of all time. Like, that's not that's not a thing. But, you know, for for that series, Billy Hatcher was the greatest player on the planet. Uh, we have things like that happen all the time. You just need to get hot at the right time. And, uh, you know, I mean, looking up and down the lineup, the, the Rays kind of have five or six guys that are really good hitters. they got a few guys that they're not really good hitters, too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's all about how you're going to play this week. Um, and I, I think that one of the other things is is with the pitching staffs, you know, they, they kind of have to use them differently than you normally would because there aren't really off days this year with the way that everything's playing out. Um, you really do have to use, or likely going to have to use your full bullpen, your full rotation. I mean, not necessarily the full rotation because guys are going to pitch on short rest, but you know you're going to be using your full, you know, staff of pitchers. Whereas in a normal series, you might use seven guys. Well, now you're going to have to use eleven, well, <laughs> and I, I think that that kind of changes one, you know, how you know the pitchers are going to perform, but also how the hit, the opposing hitters are going to perform because they're going to be facing, well, I don't want to say lesser pitchers, but pitchers that aren't able to perform like they normally would because the, the just the usage pattern will be very different. No, I did see they are going to have two built-in off days in the World Series, at least. Like, they would be the quote-unquote travel days. Right. Even though, you know, they're going to be playing in Arlington. But I think that will help, especially with the bullpen, because some of these guys in these last two series on, in both for both teams pitched like five days in a row. <laughs> you, you know they've yeah. got to be dog-tired. And, and it – and it, it also doesn't help that both series went seven games. Right. Uh, like it's not like you know they 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 played four games and everybody's got a nice big long rest ahead of them. Like that that did not happen. Like uh, last night, Dustin uh, May pitched the first inning and then was replaced. Dustin May, by the way, might be the ugliest person on the planet. Have you looked at that? That poor guy got hit with the ugly stick. I've <laughs> actually stood next to Dustin May, and you're a jerk. <laughs> No, I'm I'm sure he's a nice guy and he's going to be loaded one day. But God, <laughs> the genetics, the genetic lottery he hit was not in the looks department. We'll just say that. Not that I'm you know one to talk. I look like Shrek, but still, that man's ugly. Just <sighs> your thoughts. No comment. <laughs> shout shout out Phil. Shout out to Phil. Um, speaking of hot players on the planet, Corey Seager of the Dodgers had an absolutely astounding National League Championship Series. Something, what did he hit, like five home runs? Had 11, 12 RBIs, something like that. That, that home run he hit 
it in Game Seven, and he just he slow walked it. Oh my gosh, it was the best thing I've seen all week. That was that was Bellinger. Oh God, that was Bellinger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey. I am messed up. Let's just rewind too. this fifteen minutes. Remember, remember when Coop said he wasn't smart, and then I said I'm with you. I'm also not smart. Same evidence right there. He did pimp walk that. Co- co- Cody Bellinger did pimp walk that home run though. Yes, that was fantastic. And not I'm also an idiot, so it's fine. And but not in a like showing people up way. I know there's there's you know the boomers out there like oh, why didn't he just run the base? He just hit all, but turned out to be the game winning home run. He didn't show anybody up. He Nine thousand foot home run. Yeah, I mean he annihilated it. He he just sat there looked at it a little bit. Nothing bad. He wasn't showing up to pitcher. He was just look what I just did. That's awesome. But yeah, uh, <laughs> him and Seeger were very good. And then Mookie Betts, just defensively, not even talking offensively, defensively, robbed that home run. Uh, had a couple other plays where he uh, took away what was for sure doubles, at least. Just a, just a, what's the word I'm looking for? I have no idea, but he's really, really good at baseball. He really, he's really, really good at baseball. baseball. And I love watching him play. <laughs> and I'm glad the Red Sox traded him to a team that appreciates it, what he does. I mean, I'm just trying to. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Like the Boston Red Sox traded away one of the best players in baseball because he was going to make too much money. Like I, 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 I can't, I can't coop. I cannot figure it out. It doesn't make any sense. No, it makes me wonder if there's something else that was going on. Like maybe Mookie said, "I'm not signing here, no matter what." I mean, I don't, I don't think it's that. I, I really just think that it was a matter of they wanted to save money. I think that it was that simple. Uh, I'm not saying it was smart, but I really do think that it really comes down to they wanted to save the money. And not, yeah. And they got Verdugo. Who else did they get from the Dodgers in that trade? I can't I think off the top of I my head. Remember in it? Yeah. I mean, Alex Verdugo. It, it doesn't matter because they're not Mookie freaking bets. Exactly. So. Yeah, that was a dumb trade. Um, but he did get $350 million out yeah, of the Dodgers. Yeah, they, they, they got they got former former Reds prospect Jeter Downs, and they got Connor Wong oh, for wow. David Price and Mookie Betts. I mean, <laughs> <sighs> man, they better not cry poor. That's all I'm gonna say. So that the series is set. Who wins, and in how many games? I'm gonna take the Rays. In seven, I don't. I don't feel confident one way or the other. I, these are the two best teams in baseball. They had the best records in the regular season this year. I mean, going into spring training before the world fell apart, these were two of the top couple of teams in baseball. That everybody felt like was, you know, going to kind of separate from the rest of the pack. I, they're good. I, I think it's going to be a good series. They both have good pitching, good hitters. I just, I. I I guess I'm going to root for the team that didn't have a document called uh, Crimes Against Humanity.xls that listed out, you know, the severity their front office was committing. So, <laughs> true. Go, go raise. Go raise. Uh, I'm going to go with the tweet that at Ramon underscore alone tweeted on November 5th, 2016. Tampa Bay Rays win the 2020 World Series over the Los Angeles Dodgers four games to two. 
That's an actual tweet that this guy tweeted in November of 2016. So since he's Nostradamus, I'm going to go with him and say the Raisin Six. I'll take it. And, uh, I mean, it would be good to have F-Time World Series winner. Call me crazy. Oh, we call you crazy. Don't worry. <laughs> Especially a franchise that gets like 1,500 people to their games for, through no fault of their own. Great franchise, I think. Just in a terrible location and a terrible fan base. So go Rays. We're, we're, we're here for you. I'm sort of here for you. <laughs> Pay, pay your players, guys. Quit being so cheap. But that's a different story for a different yeah. day. And get a real stadium because the trop. I've been inside well, the trop. It well, is I, a I, dump. That's, I don't really blame them for that. There's nothing right. they can really do on, in that situation. And I mean, that's unfortunately out of their hands. Yeah. And I know they they tried to get a stadium site that was in downtown Tampa and not St. Petersburg. But... <laughs> the stadium's like a 45 minute drive from the city. So if you live like North of Tampa, it's like an hour and a half to get to a Rays game. No wonder people don't go anyway. So earlier today, I sent out a tweet asking people to respond and not, not with questions. I wanted their, uh, their opinions on my hot take. So I said, using the hashtag, damn it, Coop, respond to the following hot take. The Reds should let Trevor Bauer walk and use the money freed up from him and Galvis et al. to sign Francisco Lindor to an extension upon dealing for him. Now, this hot take depends on, obviously, a trade for Francisco Lindor, which would not be easy. Let let me have you give your response to that hot take first, and then I'll read some people's responses. How much have you been drinking when you sent that tweet out? None, because it was during the day. None, okay. I was just taking a break from work. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, well, um, Francisco Lindor is going to get, I mean, granted, you know, we don't really know how the offseason is going to play out. Well, I guess it doesn't even really matter because he's not a free agent this offseason. Um but we don't really know how even next offseason is going to play out because of everything that's going on. But I think that he's going to get at least $250 million. Uh, Trevor Bauer and Freddie Galvis are going to save the Reds $26 million. So they can put a 10% down payment on, on Francisco Lentor extension. <laughs> that money ain't going to cover that coop. So uh, you're crazy. But go ahead. We, we can we can read what other people had to say. He's crazy. Um. We have some people agreeing. Uh, with me or with you? With me, of course. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I would love to see that happen. I just I just don't see how it can happen in the way that you presented it. I, we talked a little last time you weren't on, so you won't know, but unless you listened. Did you I was listen? Say, did you, are you trying to say that I don't listen? I know. I listen sometimes, no, so I, I, don't, I don't know. I know. No, we're talking about what it would probably take to acquire Lindor. Probably Nick Senzel is the starting point. And depending on how you feel about Nick Senzel, would you would you want to get rid of him plus for a rental? That's an awful tempting rental though. So I I, 
I wouldn't do it, but you know, nobody, nobody really cares about what I would do. <laughs> no, I mean, and and that's that's valid. Would you give up? Was it five years of control of Nixon's L for one of Francisco Lindor? That's a that's a tough ask, unless you could you know have a Sunny Gray situation where you can work out a contract extension, which that is of course fantasy land because. Why would something good like that happen? But because the Reds aren't going to throw two hundred fifty plus million dollars down on somebody again, right? <laughs> I, I think that they, I think that it's pretty much that. Unfortunately, you know we're we're talking about a team that just. I mean they. To, I mean I'll give them credit. They did it with Joey Votto. Um, I just don't see them doing it again. Not anytime soon. One, I think the baseball the baseball landscape has changed a lot um, since then. Um, yeah, especially and then it, coming it's off like a of, big commitment for for the for the Reds, and coming off of and, this it's, and it's not like the Reds have, well, did that too. But I you know, I just don't think that the Reds have that kind of extra free money laying around. Um, I mean, that's me speaking from what they're going to set their budget at, not necessarily what I believe they could right. Yeah, spend. I just don't think that I just don't think it's going to be in their in their budget to you know give another player a 25 plus million dollar contract long term now you know i we can talk about this you know if you if you want to but um you know if you're going to get say trevor bauer to sign a one-year deal and they throw 35 million that's very different than committing you know 250 plus million dollars down the line can the reds do it will they probably most likely not i mean there's plenty of money in the banana stand but like you're saying if you're if you're managing to break even, which what it sounds like, you don't throw another two hundred fifty million dollar contract out, especially come twenty twenty. But you know, stranger things have happened. Not too many, but you're right. Not, yeah. <laughs> um, one of the responses. Let's see. Ryan said that uh, it would depend on the cost to acquire him in a trade. Obviously, um, I talked about Nick Senzel. I don't know if I would give up Nick Senzel for one year. Now, if you could work, if you know, in fantasy land, if you worked out an extension for him, sure, I'd give up Nick Senzel. But again, that's not going to happen. Um, Marshall Fortner had a response saying that he doesn't think the Reds get as far as they did without Bauer and with Bauer having, you know, the support of, you know, driveline and uh, how well he pitched this year. Uh, he personally thinks that he would rather make a run at signing Bauer and not even deal with trying to acquire Lindor and trying to sign him. Um, he also said something about Kyle Farmer playing shortstop, and I'm not even going to read that. <sighs> Which I also saw Mark Sheldon say, and don't even get me started on that. Kyle Farmer is not going to be your starting shortstop. If Kyle Farmer is your starting shortstop, You've you've punted on twenty twenty one anyway. Your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, if if Kyle Farmer is your starting shortstop, something went very wrong in your planning. I agree. Um, I, mean, I think that that's that simple. He first off, Kyle Farmer's got like fifteen starts in his career at shortstop, and he's going to be thirty next year. Uh, he should not be in the plans as far as starting shortstop. If you want to go into these in his kind of guy you know fine that's that's whatever uh if he's your actual option as a starting player it's no what are you doing 
No, I'm fine with him as a utility player, obviously. Uh, I think he has value in that, but <laughs> he doesn't have 500 plate appearance value. Um, some people did ask questions, even though I specifically asked them not to. Um, <laughs> that's a shout out to the, the thing I tweeted the other day. Oh, uh, I, I, I picked up on it. <laughs> Bill asked, uh, how many Reds face coverings do each podcaster own collectively? I mean, I have a couple. I have other masks. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, I have I have a hundred. Yeah, good. He also asked, "Who has the best voice, and who has a face made for radio?" Well, I definitely have the face made for radio. I definitely don't have the voice. I, I hate, hate my, my voice. voice. I not hate that, my voice. Not, 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 I also have a face made for radio, so, oh, man, we call that the double whammy. <laughs> he also wants to know, what's the last baseball book you read? Uh, for me, it was The Big 50. I was going to say that, too. By the Big friend. 50. There was you it? go. You see, you have a much better radio voice than me, so go ahead. <laughs> that was a, That was... I read that a while ago, though, so it's been a while since I've read a baseball me, me book. Me too. That's, <laughs> yeah, I don't... That's one of, like, four books I read as an, as an adult, so... I read for education. I don't read for entertainment. So I, I like unless to, I'm trying to learn something, I'm just. I do like to read. It's just I haven't in a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be different. You know, like I said, I, I read for education, but I live in the time we live in now. I've got the internet. I don't need to go get an entire book to learn how to do something like I would have in 1993. True. So. Yeah. Uh, Burmy who couldn't be on tonight, hashtag McCoop asks, how much did Nick Crawl pay for a haircut? <laughs> he gave an example of Nick's hair. Um, Rude. <laughs> Nick Crawl definitely goes to great clips based on his hairstyle. And there's not, not that there's anything yeah, wrong with I that. Go, I could also say I go, no. I go to great clips when it's not a you know worldwide pandemic. So Yeah, when, when you know certain death is not apparent, I go to great clips. I don't care. I yeah, bought I'll some, drop a 20. And be done with it. It's yeah. fine. I, I did buy some clips, and now I just kind of buzz my hair during the pandemic because I tried with, you know, tried doing what I asked them to do, and I just can't, so I just buzz it because I'm just, I don't care. All the people that see me right now. People already love you, Coop. No. So it's well. fine. <laughs> uh, I feel like you, you, got a, you got a family. I mean, we can really pretend they love you, right? I mean, okay, family. Yeah. I mean, they're the only ones that really matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, oh, my. Kicker for Dallas just did a Randy Bullock and severely missed a field goal. Anyway. Did, did he pretend to pull a muscle in his leg while doing it? or No, but he did have a sappy look on his face. So. Well, I mean, like that. You've got <laughs> one job and you just didn't do it. So. <laughs> oh, kickers. Um, so I guess that'll about wrap up this edition of the podcast. And... Uh, I'd say we go around the room, but there's only two of us. So, Doug, any final thoughts? Go raise. Please. I have some final thoughts, and I want to do it in audio form. So, someone who... Good thing this is a podcast, yes, then, right? Yes. Someone who is a lot more articulate in this than me uh, had it recorded. So, I'm going to play that recording right about now. If I can get it to play, hang on. <laughs> of course, 
technology is very difficult. All right, and go. myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize for the people. That just doesn't get old. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was I was holding in the laughter. I <laughs> uh, do want to give a shout-out to Ram at Uncram and a shout-out to Kelly in the Cincy Sports Gallery for sponsoring the podcast. Go to Cincy Sports Gallery for all your Cincinnati Reds memorabilia needs. They've got some good stuff. Uh, I saw them post some pictures. Uh, they have they uh, they just have all kinds of like big red machine stuff that they were uh, showcasing, obviously because of the passing of Joe Morgan and reminiscing about it. But they just they have a lot of good stuff. So go there. They also have some Bengal stuff and some. I think they got some UC stuff. They don't have a UK section, which I'm still trying to figure out why. Because UK sucks. God damn it, Doug. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> any other, any other thoughts before we go? No, no, I'm, I'm good. Me too. Thank you for doing this. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I had, I had some time and, you know, contrary to puppy relief, Coop, I actually do like you sometimes Oh, when you're not, when you're not tearing me to shreds because I'm an idiot. So it's, it was, it was fun. Well, I'm an idiot too. So it'll work out. There you go. <laughs> So for Doug Gray, this is Coop saying we will talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati where the river winds. Across the Mason and the Dixon line.